0: But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax, and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now.
1: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care.
0: Oh, hello. Uh, You're about to watch Richard Shane's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast. I was just getting ready to do it, and there you are. Uh, It's a free podcast on video or on audio, whichever you're enjoying it by. You can try the other way, if you like, as well. Uh, There are lots of ways you can pay us back. Just tell your friends about it. It's a great one if you can't be bothered to pay us any money. Or go to GoFasterStripe.com, either buy a badge, buy a monthly badge, uh, and you can subscribe and get extras and and access to an extra channel, or just buy a DVD from GoFasterStripe.com. And that will help us enormously to carry on with more of these. Anyway, hope you enjoy the podcast. Here it comes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who's just been Googling child's writing desk. It's Richard Herring. (laughs) I can do all that Kung Fu stuff moving because of the uh, Men's Health Abs Challenge. That's what. I'm very limber. Now that's what's going on there. Welcome to Rich Haynes Leicester Square Theatre Podcast, or as all the cool kids have begun calling it, Rahel stupor. Oh my goodness, you are cool today. Uh, it's uh, we're going to um, we're going to meet uh, the audience, some of whom Andy MacEach has left. I'm over here. Oh, why have you got what are you doing? Andy MacEach was there last week, and now look, he's over. why have you gone over there, Andy MacEach? I don't talk to you very much because oh, you know, I'm restricted. What's the, what's the deal? You've been made a friend? No, just in case I have to sneak out. Oh, okay. You're, you're, just, you're preemptively thinking it's going to be boring? No. No, you got, you're working tomorrow? No. Okay, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> have you got a train to catch? No. No? So just in case you have to sneak out for no reason? <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, these fellas in the front row? How are you doing? Yeah, good. Good, what's your name, sir? Uh, Anth. 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 Not Ant? No, no you've so, taken the word Anthony and you shortened it to Anth. Or was it something, Anthea? It an, is Anthony, right? Anth. That's a weird thing to do. What were you, why, would, why did you live your life in this manner, sir? Everyone here? Not everyone, I'm called Richard. <laughs> or a lot of, there are. Is it to distance yourself from Ant, from Ant and Death? Or do you just not... Because if you call yourself Ant, like I'd come and do Ant, and then I'd go, ha ha, you're an ant, like an ant, ha ha ha. Is that way in case comedians pick on you, and then you go Ant, and the comedian is, is stuck, isn't he? He's kind of, there's no, Ant doesn't mean anything. Or can I die? There's nothing I can do with Ant. I spell it with two A's. You spell it with two A's? Is that so you can get the beginning of the alphabet? Yeah, it doesn't work because people do your surname. What, what's, uh, <laughs> do you genuinely spell it with two A's? So A-A-N-T-H. Yeah. You, sir, are a prick. Uh, <laughs> you're a red glasses prick. That's what I'm going to... <laughs> the red glasses should have been the clue. I didn't need to talk to you. Welcome to the show, though. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want uh, my guest to think I'm generally this rude. Uh, very, I'll be charming to your friend. What's your name, sir? Andy. 1A? You want A? What, Andy, with a Y? Why not worried about all the other Andies? People thinking you're the same as all the other you get, you get, People get confused. It's a very popular name. Unlike Anthony, which no one is fucking called anyway. Just call yourself Anthony. What do you do for a living, uh, Andy? Andy and Anth? You work for a fundraising team at a charity, and you think I can't take the piss out of you as a result. And you think that is. I'm going to. What charity is it? Because then I can really lay into it Cancer Research. What, what I like, you I went cancer research, you went, UK, I'm not, not helping any cancer sufferers, it's kind of the UKIP cancer research, we are only helping people, yeah, is that it, you only help people, you can go back three generations, because there's, you know, there's a lot of disease in the UK already, we don't need people bringing over their foreign cancers, coming over here like a cancer, with their can it literally is like a cancer in this case. Oh, well, can Thank you for all your hard work in helping. Your, thank you in your racist work. <laughs> but you know, it's slightly—it's—it's it's racist against cancer cells, isn't it? What cancer cells have a perfect right to be living in our bodies? Why should we eradicate them? That's my question to you. It's got a bit sort of deep and philosophical, and also, I'm not sure when you think that analogy through whether what I'm saying. Might just be sort of slightly racist or Nazi ish. I can't work it out. I can't. It's gone. It's like the Planet of the Apes analogy, is it? Pierre Boulet was doing some good work about race relation there, up to a point. Uh, so, uh, up to a point. Uh, so, well, uh, welcome, Andy. We've had some interesting philosophical discussions. You can laugh at anything. You can make a joke about anything. Uh, so, it started well. It surely can't get any better. Uh, so, uh, we, will follow, we will introduce. Our uh, guest. Uh, she is probably best known uh, for appearing on I Love 1980. <laughs> also, I Love 1988. But none of the other 1980s. Yeah, those. And I respect her for that. She has chosen the two years of the 1980s that she genuinely loved. Can you love two years? That's a question we will find out. <laughs> she is uh, Victoria Cora Mitchell, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, Victoria Cora Mitchell. Come on in. Glad to see you. Thank you too. So, I'm very good. Sit down. Pick up a microphone. Put you. Very wise to bring your bag on, just in case. You can't trust... I
2: always bring a hat like, on everything. I'm Andy McCaite is at him. the
0: end there. He's just waiting to nip into the dressing room. I've left my laptop in there. I'm in real trouble. So, uh, I'm
2: very twitchy about my. I need my bag at all times. Why? What's, it, what's in there? Nothing. It? I just have... I have a range of fascinating compulsive disorders. <laughs> okay. And being near my possessions is one of them.
0: Is Gwyneth Paltrow's head in there? That is, that is, <laughs> is that why? No, no one looking. there. What do you remember at working on I Love 1980 and I Love 1988? And why only those two years?
2: <laughs> I think probably because I, I figured out after doing those two that it's possible they would recycle those terrible programmes year after year after year. <laughs> um,
0: you must have been like one year old in 1980 yes
2: thank you very much yeah. i know how on earth so I how could you remember
0: times? anything about 1980
2: yes i don't i mean i i genuinely i didn't i have a terrible memory <laughs> and what if you turn up and they go do you remember the person advert and you go yeah. no and they show it to you and then you go i remember the person advert <laughs> and do and do this th- i mean yeah. it terrible
0: do you remember murphy's mob no, no. So <laughs> have been used. but no one else does so that wouldn't have probably made it onto the program Uh, Andrew Collins, my uh, erstwhile podcast partner, used to be on the... Did you meet Andrew Collins down on I Love 1980? I mean, I must have done. Uh,
2: Stuart McConey was certainly always there. He was
0: always (laughs) there. That annoyed Andrew Collins, uh, (laughs) because... He uh, he was there just as much. Uh, so the first time, I want to get this out of the way. First of all, yes, I have a feeling we might be there might be a slightly combative move between the two of us. Uh, that's I can deal with it. I've had Sarah Millican on here; it's fine. Uh, why so would uh, it, why would it be combative? Just I don't know. It's just it's something to do with me and women hating no. me. <laughs>
2: because Richard said Rightly in so. the dressing room before that they should change family yeah. trees to be through the mother's line because you Did. never know who the father is. Yeah. Which.
0: <laughs> which she took to be casting aspersions on women. Which I, th- I think it's the opposite of that. He
2: genuinely said, what, that's a very feminist position. What, that they just shag around and lie <laughs> about the result?
0: That so we... human beings shag around and lie. And women are part of that <laughs> species. As I understand... You can't yes, say sir. women don't, never lie. Come on, that's insane. So some women lie, some men lie. People fuck around all the time, believe me. My wife said it all the time. Uh, so... Uh, <laughs> It's not my kid. I'm gonna bring it up as if it is. <laughs> see, I uh, see, it's already it's already you've made me say awful things. It was so, low. So the first time I met you Yes. This is why I think you might be a, Okay, go a, a, on. I don't know if you remember this, was at a party in the early nineteen nineties, or right. it must have been mid-1990s. Yeah. And I was uh, you came up to me and you said, What's it like being the unattractive one from Lee and Herring? I did not <laughs> <laughs> That was the first thing. Oh, yeah. That was the only thing you said to me. It might have been. You might have said. You gen. I promised you this, street. You might have said less attractive, but I think it was unattractive. Three years later, I thought I should have said. You'll have to ask Stuart yourself. That that, that, that too. Took me a long time. That's the spirit, Descalier. No, uh, but say, uh,
2: all I can say about that—that that doesn't sound like me. Yeah. The, uh, genuinely, the only circumstances under which I can imagine myself saying that is if I was flirting. Right. So,
0: well, that's what—that's what I've realised twenty years I, later. Because <laughs> what happened is you said that, and I went oh, no. And I then I, did, I really hated going to parties and stuff. And I actually went home after that. <laughs> so, 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 so. And then now, twenty years on, I kind of think oh. She was probably trying to get off from it. It was probably an opening. I almost opening certainly will,
2: Yeah, I don't tend to just walk up to people yeah. and just make a horrible personal like remark. <laughs> a. B, you will remember. In the mid-1990s, I was. Not that it's so different. I mean, I was probably a size 20 with terrible skin. I wore a hat so that people couldn't see my face.
0: I don't remember that. It,
2: well, that was... The, I mean, I really... I was not the type of person... you know I wasn't, like, in a Wrigley's advert cycling past. <laughs> saying, oh, you don't look right. That is not the correct image of what I was like at the okay. time. Anyway, that's, I'm sorry. I'm that's sorry. all
0: right. Well, no, now I realise, you know, we, we could have got married in the 1990s, we'd be divorced by now because of you cheating on me. <laughs> <laughs> like all the other whores. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> that's all you want me to say. And we could be now happily married to our, you know, David Mitchell and Kate, Catherine Wilkins, whichever combination we you feel so long like. we took to
2: settle down, we, it's weird that we haven't got a couple of
0: broken <laughs> marriages it by. Is, it, it is, is. it is. You know, I'm only going to be married once, which is, you know, Definitely. Whatever happens, I'm never I'm never fucking doing this again. Uh, so uh, I do this thing each week where I read out. There's a te- there's an awful website uh, called uh, Dirty Brick. Because I do this every week. It's called Dirty Brick Confessions, and it's about okay. it's people's sexual fantasies generally about uh, okay. comedians and people in comedy. Right. Uh, and I thought, I generally, because, you, you know, I thought there would be uh, lots of quite, you know... Disgusting ones about you from perverts, uh, but they are mainly just very sweet people saying, uh, uh, "Let's uh, get a nice one." <laughs> uh, about David Mitchell, nothing dirty. This is so. Uh, this is usually quite dirty fantasies that are nice. quite comedically funny. Nothing dirty really, but Victoria Coren and David Mitchell are a ridiculously cute couple. I want a relationship like that. That's Aww. not. That's not typical dirty Brit com- confession territory Uh, and uh, well this is one uh, this is nice about you Victoria Corrin with her hand in front of her mouth when she's laughing is the most adorable thing ever I kind of imagine because of the only connecting there'd be quite a lot of people nerds being dominated by the by I'm very disappointed uh this one is kind of interesting and I want to, you can help with the clarify. Look at this. David Mitchell and Victoria Curran sweet, romantic, kinky sex. That's that's about as that's about as
2: Is that a picture of us kissing? It
0: is. You're kissing at your
2: wedding. Oh, is it our wedding? Well, that's yeah, one.
0: it's all right. That's is that hilarious. the only that? Yeah, that's the time we did that. What? <laughs> Makes
2: sense. That's the time we did that in public.
0: <laughs> right, this is, this is the only slightly weird one, and you can help this person out, I guess. because These are all anonymous, So, but right. they're listening. I don't even like Jimmy Carr, but <laughs> starts from a weird place. Where's this but, going? but if hooking up with him meant we'd get to have dinner parties and go on couples' holidays with David Mitchell and Victoria Curran <laughs> and Charlie Brooker and Connie Huck, then I'd so do it. <laughs> now... Just before this woman launches into her evil scheme, do you go on many holidays with Jimmy Carr and his partner or romantic? Weirdly, we, we do. Oh, do you? Okay. We,
2: well, we do go on holiday with Charlie Brooker and Connie Hart. OK. We, they are our regular... Yeah, I mean, basically because... Friends.
0: Of... Uh, let's just... let's just, just our, our regular good friends. <laughs>
2: no, we do we do go on holiday <laughs> yeah. with them. Um, Jimmy sort of... He's sort of always working, yeah. and when he does go on holiday, it's a bit too super glamorous for us. I mean, okay. we'd love to. He's really nice. He does have a fantastic partner,
0: by the yeah, way, who this... is
2: planning to get together with him yeah, in that... order to come on holiday with it's us. It's very
0: easy to break things like that up. But uh... <laughs> if you've got I a, if you've got a, I would say there would be easier way. I think it would be easier. I might just try and become friends <laughs> with Victoria and David and see if we can go yeah. on holiday rather than using sort it's of a
2: very Jimmy Carr as a it, sort they? of. Come up with
0: holiday mule of some kind.
2: <laughs> what I find weird about it is, I, I genuinely, Charlie and Connie are the only friends we sort of may ever go on holiday with, and I'm wondering how they know that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the spooky thing about the internet, that is uh, terrible.
2: I'm slightly disappointed. This is this as filthy as people's fantasies that is it. get? I really about me. don't
0: think because I, I, you know, I, was, I often think, well, will I like, should I read some of these out? There isn't really anything, uh. Uh, this, my theory is that David Mitchell and Victoria Corn got back together on the Halloween. She wore that cat costume because how could anyone resist her dressed like that? Damn. <laughs> there's a picture of you dressed as a cat.
2: There, there was a picture. Yes, I was. I did once post a picture on Halloween dressed as a cat. People get excited when I post a picture because normally I think people that post pictures themselves in cat suits generally. A sort of gent- they're sort of terrifyingly perfect-looking, do you know what I mean? You know people that sort of Instagram, they look at me, yeah. and, I, in a cat outfit, I sort of look quite chubby, sort of stuffed in, it's about a size too small, with badly drawn on whiskers. <laughs> so I think I sort of appeal to that bit in people where they go, yeah, I, I reckon a couple of pints and she come home with me. And they're probably right. <laughs> you know, it's- I'm not an intimidating vision in yeah. a cat outfit. It's just like, you know, someone dressed a bit like a cat, that's already, that's a bit sexy, I mean, it's but... It's sort
0: of weird, you know, it's a lot of... My wife dressed up as a cat on Halloween. I think, you know, if I want to have sex with a cat, I would have sex <laughs> with... The, and I do want to have sex with a cat, so it, it's, you know, it, it works out. It works out very well. And better for my cats as well, I have to say my wife will do it uh, talking of sex you, are, you have uh, talking of sex as we were this is a good link is there you, any
2: more sinister remark from an interview now talking, talking of, of sex
0: talking of sex with cats uh, as we were you made a porn film I did which is a kind of unusual career direction to take How I'd love this... you to clarify I wrote and directed a porn film you made a porn film you were a porn I, film. I did not appear in it okay well, you've clarified that it was an
2: artistic project it was. It was uh, my uh, friend Charlie and I, a few years ago, we had a job as the film reviewers for the Erotic Review. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it was a sort of a quite a filthy publication, like much ruder in a way than a porn mag. Because it was all <laughs> sort of text, no photos, all texts and sort of Latin words for quim, you know, that kind of <laughs> like a real headmaster's read, that kind of thing. And <laughs> we.
0: My father's a headmaster, I don't know. <laughs> i don't like, where this is going.
2: I forgot that. I'm very sorry.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but we were their film reviews because we just thought it'd be quite funny. So we, we, we would get these X-rated movies and review them, but like they were proper films. So we would sort of talk about the plot and character and, you know, <laughs> oh, his trousers came off a little early in the scene, but quite seriously. And we had that thing like people do walking around a sort of Turner Prize exhibition of God. I could do a better job of that myself. <laughs> and we, we had this conversation for about a year. We kept saying, oh, we could make a better film than that ourselves. And then one day we thought, well, let's just, let's give it a go. <laughs> and we have various aims because, first of all, we thought, does it have to be that everyone in a porn film is sort of exploited and miserable? Can it be done in a sort of happy 70s, sort of hippie collective kind of way? And also, why does the dialogue and plot have to be so terrible? Why can't it be sort of a gripping narrative, <laughs> and sort of emotionally exciting and sort of funny? And, and we, we sort of... Succeeded in all of those aims, just not the bit where it's erotic. (laughs) (laughs) So we had... Everyone was very happy. There were lots of good jokes. The story was great. If you were in a sexy mood, watching our film would certainly... Get rid of it immediately. I mean, that would it would bring you to your senses. It's not an erotic uh, film, but it's great in its own way.
0: Yeah. Is it commercially available? It's not.
2: It, it briefly was. Right. But then Charlie forgot to renew the domain name of the website where we sold it, which is probably the best thing for all concerned.
0: <laughs> and did it? Was it? Jet, it, was, it was porn actors, presumably you cast in it that were already porn actors. Well, or no. It well, it just... was
2: a range. It <laughs> was a range of people. Some of them were. We went to film it in Amsterdam. I mean, it really was quite a, a, a wide-ranging cast. We, we, we advertised in the newspaper and we had auditions and stuff. Not that sort of audition. But we, <laughs> we, we met them and chatted. So we had some people who were, you know, I mean, we didn't have much money. People that were hoping to break into porn acting rather than, you know, it wasn't John Holmes. But there were some people who had some experience. Then there was like the guy that came to fix my computer and he saw the porn script and said, I'll fix it for free if I can be the plumber. <laughs> um, so he was the plumber. And then his... <laughs> His housemate wanted a part, so he was the confused priest.
1: <laughs>
2: and then, you know, we just, we, the people that, it was generally people that answered our advert in the paper, we cast people who we thought were of the right frame of mind. That was much more important than sort of how they looked or, I mean, we certainly weren't about to sort of ask to see them naked yeah. at the audition. So it was more people that got the joke, thought it was fun, were in control of what they were doing, that sort of thing. It was, I mean, it was a, it's a, they were a nice cast.
0: <laughs> Do you still meet up? Do you have reunions?
2: No, we, we did for a bit. I mean, it was quite a while ago. This was sort of probably 12 years ago we made the film. We did. We went back a few times. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we sort of emailed a bit, and I think now... I mean, I just haven't, haven't been to Holland for a long time, but we stayed in touch, and they... You know, they, they, many of them went on to achieve great things within their
0: specialties. Was there any uh, on-set romances <laughs> yeah, oh, behind no. the scenes? <laughs>
2: I, I had a romance oh, with with the with the chap playing the boy twin,
0: Okay.
2: who was at the time he you know he was uh, he was uh, he he was uh, let's just say trying he didn't have a full working visa okay. for, for for Holland but he was but, and, but his his life worked out great he qualified as a lawyer got his visa his life is much better well, we went on very innocent date because if you spend the whole day watching somebody have sex and sort of filming them yeah. you know a date. There's not going to be any... I mean, it was just sweet. We went to the pictures and sort of held hands.
0: You know, so they could be running low on on fuel as well by the end of the...
2: Yeah, anyway. (laughs) Depending how
0: young they are. I'm just thinking of myself mainly now, really. It's going to have to wait two or three days for the next... (laughs) to build build back up again. Ah, that's quite... So, do, do the people the people he lawyers for know about his uh, past uh, uh, I expect so I mean it yeah.
2: wasn't you know in as is often discussed Holland isn't quite in the grip of sex shame like we are in this country yeah. I mean they didn't think it was fine they were just they, they turned up they were in it you know they were quite they, I mean they were quite open about wanting to get into that kind of work and yeah. you know one guy that was brilliant one of the the, the chap that played our terrifying castle henchman um <laughs> <laughs> He said, he said, he said, I tell you what, uh, I'd like to, uh, there's someone I'd like to bring to play my partner in the scene. It was a, a fabulous, beautiful gay scene we'd planned between, because somebody had to get past the castle henchman into the castle, you see, and it being that, it, the, given the genre we were working in, the plan was that the henchman would be distracted with sex. So another henchman and he would sort of fall into this passionate embrace and our hero would get past into the castle. So he said, no, there's this, I, there's this guy I've been, Trying to seduce him for ages. I think if I offer him this part in the film, we're going to get together. He showed us pictures. The guy was fantastic. We said, anyway, that's absolutely fine. You know, we'd love people to bring their own partners. no problem. You know, bring him on the day and you'll be absolutely fine. And then he turned up, up on the day in an absolutely foul mood. He said, he didn't come at the last minute. I've had to bring my long-term boyfriend, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> and... He brought his long-term boyfriend and, of course, the two of them, you know, they've been together ten years. I mean, the sex between them could not have been less erotic. Sort of, the two of them are sort of bored and annoyed, fiddling with each other. You know, in the middle of this... Oh, stop doing that. You always do that. <laughs> and sort of saying, this is supposed to be an erotic movie. So as much as you think, oh, that's lovely for people to have their own partners, if they've been together too long, the magic doesn't really uh, come across. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't believe it uh, I'm just, I'm just seeing, i have just seen. I you're lost I'm, in a reverie no, I'm just, just seen that what's it like being the unattractive one from Liam Herring I just saw that again I, that's, just, that's, that's...
2: I don't think I even said that that's the truth I think that is a false memory I no. think you've your own twisted unconscious I went, I unconscious. went home and
0: cried I remember it's, it's in my why would I say that I was very shy that? and I didn't really like going to parties
2: Wouldn't nobody does <laughs> <laughs>
0: they do people do. T- I don't like going going to parties. come back to me now.
2: I don't think I would have said that. If I did, I just would have meant it in a sort of
0: cute way. (laughs) I'm very insecure. But, you know, now, you you would have to ask Stu. That is the irony. Uh, So, um... (laughs) It was now. Ah, time, you cruel mistress. So, um... You play uh, poker. This is something I've gleaned from uh, Wikipedia. No, we, I've played poker. I think we must have played at some point. you certainly watched me play poker and been sarcastic about my abilities to play poker. Do you have
2: this memory of our whole history of I mean, being rude, nasty? No,
0: you were correct. You were, well, actually, both things were correct. Yeah, because you, when I very early started playing a poker, I did this celebrity poker thing in Wales yes. that you were then the commentator for because you'd already yeah. won it, I think, hadn't you? That's and right, yeah. So uh, then you became a commentator as well as. Carrying playing, and then playing rather more seriously. So I was I was pretty bad, but you you took it a little bit more. You seriously. were not better than
2: most of the people on that series.
0: Well, I did all right in my heat, but I was terrible in the. I, I was very bad in the final. Uh, but because uh, I, I, was, I it was, it's a very scary game. It can be. Well, you know, because yeah. the thing is, you don't know what the other people have got. <laughs> That's what makes it hard. If that they is, would show is... you, it would be less nerve wracking.
2: Yes, no, not knowing what the other person's got is very much yeah. the nub of the problem. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but you're good enough to be able to tell what the other person's got like by being magically working out what yeah, they're thinking. But I
2: don't find it scary. I mean, no. some people will play a, a, a sport, you know, where you sort yeah. of... I mean, I don't really understand about sport, but my understanding is you sort of run about, throw things. <laughs> I mean, that seems terrifying. You could twist an ankle, you could be hit in the face with a... I mean, that's terrifying, but it's some people's idea of fun. Yeah. And, you know, I understand poker, some people go, oh, that's terrifying and your money's at risk and, you know, it's like beads of sweat trickling down and so on, but I I enjoy
0: it. Yeah. And you've been, well, you were playing for a long time. You've been playing all through the 90s against your brother's friends. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, and go, you're going to the Vic, which is this famous sort of, I mean, it's a legal, it's a legal place. Right? Oh, the yeah, Vic, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so, but it's it absolutely legal. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but it's like, it's your image of a poker den with lots of,
2: yeah, I mean, I've, I've played in places in with the, the, the licensing of which is a little more yeah. questionable. Yeah. But, but the Vic is <laughs> yeah. it's a very, you know, it's a proper card room in London with a license and everything. Yes. But yes, it was especially in the 90s, it was quite smoky and, you know, you were too many questions
0: about how people got the money no. to play. <laughs> but it's got that again, as a, as a woman in your 20s then, that was quite an odd choice of uh, an evening spent until six o'clock in the morning playing poker with some strange men. Yeah I mean but uh, you just loved it, cause it was, I mean
2: I was quite strange. you say then about oh I didn't like going to parties and I was quite shy and yeah. you know is that I was very much like that. I think most people are but I was definitely at the extreme end of it. And poker less so now because it's so respectable and mainstream so many people playing but certainly when I started it was very much a community of people that didn't have a community. Yeah. It it was you know I mean I wrote about this in my book is that I would look around and there'd be sort of you know, there'd be Mr Chu, the sort of old Chinese man. I mean, he must be 200 years old. And he had that thing, that some old Chinese men sometimes do, that the, the nails on his little fingers were incredibly long. <laughs> and then all the others short. And he'd be there, and he's sort of wondering about, muttering to himself. And, and, and Pedro, I remember, was when I first met him, I, it was made clear to me that what he did every time before he went to play, he, he'd buy some fish and chips from a shop around the corner... And when he got to the Vic, he'd hide the fish and chips under a bush outside so that when he came out at two in the morning, he'd collect them and eat them on the way home. And, you know, they definitely thought I was the weirdest person in there. (laughs) I mean, they think, you know, who is this girl? And this posh girl as well, as far as they were concerned. I mean, the nuances of what's posh and what isn't. Or a different argument, but to them, I see Princess Margaret's turned up to play. And but you know, we were all weird. Everyone was there for a reason. Everyone was there because they didn't have somewhere else to be, or they did, but they didn't want to be there. Yeah. And so it was a sort of, uh, you know, very much a a confederacy of the sort of lonely and odd. Yeah.
0: Uh, But you know, I mean, you've now become like, uh, I mean, even though you have another profession, you are essentially a professional poker player. You've won. You're the only player to win two European Poker Tour. Tournaments, which is, like, incredibly difficult. You could be the... Because it's, even if you're the best player in the world, there's a, there's a degree of luck within poker yes, that yeah. over... Because my main problem with poker, which I do love playing poker, and it's a great game, but the, it's, the tournaments are so long, and my attention span is not good. And I realised there was a position, there was a point around that time where, I, where poker got very trendy, and people were, people were saying, oh, do you want to write... Someone want me to write a book about poker, and they were going to pay me £15,000 to write the book about poker, but that was... They weren't going to give me any money to play poker. Right. So I realised. You well, why are you going to make a loss? Well, I realised in all likelihood I would take 15,000. It wasn't that good enough. You know, it was, it was like the poker joker going from nothing to try and play in tournaments. I would lose 15,000 pounds over the year and then have to write a book for free. I realised that was what was going to happen because, because my, you know, I, I just get impatient and then I just, I just start playing every hand. Yeah, you know, patience is
2: very much. Yeah. Yeah, because these tournaments, they can last five or six days. Not always, yeah.
0: it can be two days.
2: But. Part of it yes, it's a bit like riding a mechanical bull. You know, you're yeah. just staying on, and sort of sensing when the waves of luck are going this way or that way, and sort of riding them properly.
0: And you just get really horrible, with they're called bad beats, where you're way ahead, and then two cards come up that change everything, and you suddenly lose. Yes. And it seems, and that just always seemed to happen. To well, me
2: you've well. got you've got to have the right temperament. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of things required in poker. But I always say to people if they don't know whether to play or not to read them. Um, if you know the Kipling poem, yeah. that very much sums up. That's the attitude you need to have for poker. You can't be someone that either, you know, gets sort of bitter and angry with the injustice if you're unlucky, that's what I do. or you know, gets all cocky and over proud of themselves if they're lucky. That's what
0: I do. <laughs> so I can <laughs> I can meet with triumph and disaster in an equally obnoxious ways. <laughs> so I should be good. Uh, but I, no, I'm I'm very competitive. And so then it does, inf- As you know, I was on Pointless, as I was talking to Richard Osborne about, yeah. uh, and got knocked out in the front row, first round, and the front row, in the first round, and uh, I was very upset for, like, like really depressed for a no, week. No, but you
2: see, the problem is, one of the reasons I would never go on that, yeah. Pointless, because on that show, you absolutely just get a category you don't know anything about. Yeah. doesn't mean you're, dip- it's like a wide range of things.
0: I knew loads about the category. Oh, really? Yeah. What went wrong? Uh, I had to choose an obscure answer. Because my teammate had got What the wrong
2: was one. Let me have a go. What was the it's theme? Really,
0: well, it's kind of hard. It's the it's 1980s solo number ones stars who've had a solo number one in the 1980s. You should be great at this because you know you've had, you love if as long as it was 1980s. 1980 1980. How many points
2: for Glenn Medeiros?
0: Probably not very many because actually, as it turned out, even Michael Jackson was like 25, but it wasn't until the end of the round that I found this. Everything was about seven. Adam Ant was seven and uh, Paul Young was seven. My partner got a hundred and so I had to get, I felt I had to get under a se- under seven. Right. So I felt I had to go for something quite obscure. And you went for? Brian Ferry.
2: Did, did he, I mean, not Roxy Music?
0: Well, it was Roxy Music but he had, I knew he had, it. my problem was I got, I was so wanted to do well, and I'm sorry to tell the people at home this story so many times but <laughs> it helps me through it. That uh, <laughs> I, I really wanted to do well and I, but I, then they had ages up and down, and I, was re- I had loads and loads of answers that would, would, would have probably got us through. Uh, and but, I, but then I was thinking, was that definitely 1980s? Was it definitely number one? And I knew Brian Ferry was definitely number one. I knew it was definitely 1980, because it was after John Lennon had died. Right. And I was 90% certain he'd released it under his own name, because it was like a quick release. They did it quickly for... But they did it under Roxy Music still. And at the back of my mind, I knew that John, Brian Ferry's only had one number one and I thought it was under his own name. So I was too clever for my own good. Yeah. Should have just said Joe Dolce one point. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I, but I convinced myself that was 1970. So, I, you know, but I get, I'm very competitive uh, in games, not so much in real life. <laughs> uh, but, so I take games incredibly seriously, whereas I think I'm a nicer person in real life. Uh, but so the poker, when I get a bad beat in poker, it kind of, I can't sleep and it stays with me for a long time.
2: No, it might not be the game for no. you.
0: And I was just losing loads of money and then I thought, maybe I should write those scripts that people are actually going to pay me for <laughs> rather than, than sit here playing uh, internet poker. Uh, but you've done all right out of it. You've made $2.4 million. I've done all right. Could I have, like, if you just gave me back... <laughs> 20,000 of those, that would probably pay off my debts for poker. <laughs> and that's nothing to you. That's a drop in the ocean to you with your $2.4 million. Yeah,
2: but you have to bear in mind quite how many people I know that are losing at poker. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mainly the people playing against you. So that's, not, <laughs> that's not fair. Uh, and, but this is a story you told on uh, when I, I did Have I Got News For You with you. Yeah. A few years? Was it the first time you did it? Or was it the second I time? I don't know. I, I think it might have been the first time you did it. I've, been. I've done it twice. How many times have you done it? What, this is like You've co- <laughs> done it loads times, of times. You've you done it loads of times. Because it you're good at it. But you told this story about uh, Sir William uh, Ormer, is that? Ormeroyd. Ormeroyd. Yes. Which was, seemed unbelievable, this uh, this whole story. Oh, but I yes. don't think it made it onto the TV because it was quite a long story. So it, well, it's quite to... an
2: interesting story if people don't know it already. Are you sure? I mean, it is quite a long it story. It is, but I, would
0: like to, I think people won't know it already. Okay, it well, this is it, interesting. So.
2: Well, you know, my having just said, oh, I've got the right personality for poker. Because I'm, I'm laid back and philosophical. And, you know, in another way... I have a sort of Old Testament vengefulness in my character, which is illustrated by that story, but when my father died, we were going to have a memorial service for him because we wanted to have the funeral very quickly and not too many people, and it was all a bit too sad and you know we had lots of friends with so it we'd have a memorial service later, which was supposed to be for i mean obviously sort of Friends and family, and people that he'd worked with, but also there were fans of his, you know, the readers that had loved his work, and we thought, wouldn't well, you, know, we'd like them to come as well. But I, I got a tip off. Somebody warned me, and this is very peculiar, but somebody warned me that there was a gang of people operating in the sort of southeast of England who liked to gate crash funerals and memorial services for sort of free food and drink. And it was like a bit of a laugh and they, you know, they made it a big challenge Them could they get into these places and they'd pretend to know the person um, so that they could get in and then they'd snaffle all this food and booze. And it sort of seemed very tacky and horrid. And I thought, well, now, I'm not having that. And my perhaps my competitive streak, I thought... Well,
0: and just your streak of decent is a horrible <laughs> well, thing for them to well, do. Well, it was sort of horrible, but it was
2: definitely... The poker player in me thought, well, I think if you want to try and crash this one, you might have messed with the wrong player. (laughs) But, of course, the challenge I had was that, you know, because we had an email address, we put a notice in the paper like you do and said, you know, if you want to come along drop us an email and generally it divided into people that said well I never met him but I loved his work, fine, or friends but obviously I I didn't know who all his friends were, you know he was 70 and he, uh, who knew so you couldn't really be sure So, and you don't want to write back to all the people and say are you a con artist, you couldn't do that so I thought all right, I'm going to have to go about it another way so I, I came up with a chap called Sir William Ormerod a, a sort of wealthy industrialist I sort of invented him and I put him all over the internet. I sort of sprinkled him onto the internet. So I went onto various... I created web pages for him. You know, his history as an industrialist and places he'd given money to. And, you know, he'd founded a scholarship at the Pocklington Arts Centre. That was one of them. And I sort of sprinkled him all over the internet. Um, and then I announced his death. Uh, and memorial service. And I put this in the Times and I said, you know, it's a memorial service for, um, for Sir William Ormerod. Uh, friends and family only. Please write to this address if you'd like tickets. And, you know, the paper goes online at midnight. And by quarter past midnight, I had probably 15 emails (laughs) saying, ah, how fondly I remember Sir William from our days together at the Pocklington Arts Centre. I mean, email after email from people saying, you know, I knew Sir William for many years. What a tragic loss. Uh, so, obviously, I had all the names. Because that was the only way you could know for certain. If I invented the dead person, then when they all write and say they know him, that, uh, you know, I win, I thought. Where it, where it fell down, I had various plans. My, my, my big scheme was going to be that I would actually go ahead with the memorial service for Sir William Ward, And they'd all come, and I'd put laxatives in the canapes. <laughs> When it came to it, it was uh, you know it was nearly Christmas, and for, for whatever reason, I was overcome with a sort of kindly spirit, and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to let them come. And I, I wrote an article about it in the paper, and I, I wrote an article saying, uh, "Watch out, you know, if you're planning to have a funeral for somebody, watch out for these people. This is how they operate. This is broadly who they are, and I, I think it's a terrible thing." But I wrote that. And then let them come because I thought, in the end, it's a church service and you shouldn't turn people away. And I hope, I hope, in their hearts, and certainly when they read the paper, they'll know they've done a terrible thing. But so I never quite completed the plan. No. But uh, I set the heffalump trap and they fell in, and <laughs> I enjoyed that it's immensely. It's such a
0: weird thing to, you know, like crashing weddings is sort of, there's a jolliness to that. Yeah. It's a sort of crash funerals. It's a very, very weird. Sort of and there, there was a
2: there was a curious postscript to it actually. About a year later, I didn't put their names in the in the paper for various reasons. I put the name of the, the ringleader who's called Terence Jolly. I like to say that a lot. but Terence Jolly, <laughs> J-O-L-L-E-Y. Do Google him, you'll see a picture. Ghastly man. He was the ringleader. But the other ones, I didn't put the names, because I wasn't sure to what extent they were just in his slipstream, but I knew all the names, and they weren't the sort of people you'd think. I mean, these were people in the sort of 50s and 60s, very respectable, retired magistrates. You know, they were <laughs> really respectable. I mean, Lord knows what their dark reasons were, but I, one of the names that I'd read about, I, about a year later... I was reading the paper and it was just a little story about this chap who had once been something connected to an embassy. And it said that, you know, he'd unfortunately died. He'd, he'd, he'd gone to a party to celebrate the National Day of Ghana <laughs> and choked to death on a canopy. <laughs> and what was odd, the, the diarist said, was that he hadn't actually been on the list of invitees. <laughs> And you know this was like a Hilaire Belloc thing. I yeah, thought, yeah. why? What so he's continued, Despite Martin continued with the crashing. Yeah. And he's gone to a thing he's not invited to and choked to death on a canopy. I mean you
0: <laughs> And then the people who do that with him have to decide, are we going to go to his funeral as his friends? <laughs> or are we gonna crash? How will we feel when we're eating these canopies that we're slightly entitled to? It's yeah. gonna be Will that ruin there will be like chalk in our mouths. You should go to, you wait till they all die and you should gate crash all of their gate funerals. At their funeral, yeah. <laughs> but that is such a bizarre uh, story. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, but uh, good, I'll ask you an emergency question now. Uh, so uh, if you had to choose, this, this is a series five emergency question. Okay. I have a feeling it might not get into, unless this is series six, it might not get into the next series. I think we may have squeezed. Uh, most of the life out of this one. Uh, if you had to choose between going... Imagine uh, David Mitchell has sadly died and... Uh, That's a horrible thing to say. But you've got... To, yeah, it's all right. Uh, <laughs> and you've... Uh, but you got over it. You got over it and you're moving right, on okay, with I'm your life. I'm over it, I might, right. All right. You started dating again. If you had to choose... <laughs> don't really need that bit of the question, that first no. bit. Sorry. If you had to choose... <laughs> between dating a man would you rather date a man who was a six foot tall penis literally just a penis whatever the
2: other one is I'll take it
0: (laughs) okay you might like the other one wait and see never jump in or uh, or so it's like a it's just like a penis but it's really big it's got a face on it so you can have a conversation. So it's like there's its face; otherwise, it's a penis. It's wearing a suit and stuff. But it
2: speaks. It's a person. Yeah,
0: well, it's a it's a penis, a six six foot tall penis, but it has acquired the power of speech and has a face. But the rest of it is a penis. It doesn't, right. it doesn't have any genitalia of its own. Uh, I mean, that's a plus.
2: That's not. I'm not. My okay. big concern is not how do I shag
0: this creature. <laughs> be, it would be, um, I think, unpleasant.
2: Okay,
0: or uh, or a man who instead of having a penis has a tiny man. It's like, like there, just looking up. And it's facing the man. Uh, and it's, a, it's autonomous and uh, has his own personality. They don't necessarily get on that well. Because <laughs> especially the little man doesn't really like the situation he's found himself in. His feet downwards, uh, there are still balls there underneath him. Jack, I tell you Which what, I'm going to gonna
2: answer the question with a question. Okay. Have you ever had
0: therapy? <laughs> I'd like to think of uh, this podcast as partly as my therapy. I mean, this how have I you work. how have you arrived at this choice of two? I mean, as you
2: lay there thinking, right, yeah. I'm going to offer women a choice.
0: It's not just women. I offer it to men as well. It's very sexist of you to make that assumption. I like wouldn't.
2: Does the, the, the man... Milton Jones
0: chose the six-foot penis. So there you go. He's the first person to do that.
2: The man that has the little man <laughs> yeah, where a little the man. genitals should be... Yeah. Do, 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 do we have a sex life,
0: he and I? Well, yeah. Well, you know, that's see how the date goes first. hold, I mean... a, hold your horses. <laughs> see how you go. Yeah, you do. And you know, if you, if you, that's where, it, obviously, it will progress. So you will have to find some way to.
2: Because I don't it. with the with the six foot.
0: You no, know, you would do as well. You'd have to find a way. I mean, you could pleasure him. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just. Could just you know there could be kissing involved or whatever. Could insert things into.
2: I think. I think.
0: <laughs> I,
2: I, think the, I think. I suppose the the one with the yeah with the little.
3: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads
2: and still lost fifty pounds.
0: Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For
1: me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
3: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes.
1: Nice dress. Uh, It's a a t-shirt.
0: I mean, it's a difficult choice. A lot of people have to think quite hard about it. Which would you like? (laughs) I mean, gun to my head, I'd take the bullet. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But it'd be like, that'd be nice with the. I think it'd be nice because it'd be like going out with two different people. And more than that, if the tiny man also has a tiny man as his penis, it could go on. It could be. But like well, well, you're lots not of being Look,
2: it's, no, this is not the kind of conversation I usually have publicly. But okay. you are not being clear <laughs> you, about what the sexual intimacy. You might have to
0: use the little man as a cock sometimes. That's yeah.
2: Then, well, then I'll take the other
0: one. Okay, obviously well, it was important that Isn't we discussed one... it.
2: And you say I, I, I'm over the tragic death of David Mitchell <laughs> yeah. as, I, as I date these two. <laughs> but I'm over it. I'm fine. Yeah.
0: Get back on the market. Okay. It just so happens that the two people who've come up on Match.com, probably it's not on their profile. You discover when you go on the date and then... But those are the only two matches you've got. All right, I'll ask you a more sensible question. If you had to choose between having a hand made out of ham or an armpit that dispensed sun cream... Which would you choose? And we can then compare that with your husband's answer, who has also answered this question. The armpit. You'd like the armpit that spent sun cream? Yes. What have you got against the handful of ham? Uh,
2: well, just for starters... Yes. Yeah. D- Connie Huck, who we mentioned earlier, who's yeah. one of my favourite people in the world and one of my even more favourite people... Has
0: a hand made a... out of ham already? That would no, be amazing. Get they on the don't show. eat
2: ham. She's from a okay. Muslim family. She and her... Ch- they don't have... I have you many have friends. have to make her eat your hands. No, but that's... <laughs> that's the kind of relationship you have with Connie I, have... Huck. I feel like, you know, Jewish and Muslim people yeah. might find me a bit disgusting with my hammy
0: hands. They just don't like eating ham. They don't have a... don't mind it being a... around. They don't
2: mind it being someone's digits. Yes, they do. <laughs> but...
0: It wouldn't actually be ham, though. It would just be a ham, exact replicant of ham. It wouldn't have come off of a pig, so it would It, would it have, wouldn't have come off of a No, it would have pig. grown well, then from it's not naturally ham. from your body, but it would be exactly. Well, then is, ham. What do you
2: mean? I've got. <laughs> ham that grows naturally off my body is what my hand already is. <laughs> well, there you are. <laughs> if, yeah, obviously, if it's not from a pig, I'll take the ham hand. If it is, okay. I won't, out of
0: respect. Okay
2: for people who find that an offensive what thing. What about
0: people who don't find it offensive? What about respecting them? People who, people who want everyone to have one hand made out of ham. What, <laughs> what about their beliefs? Why are you casting what did, what did expressions he... on them?
2: So what did my husband say? He chose the ham yeah, he hand, did he? He went for the
0: ham hand, I think, yeah. Did he? Did anyone know? I mean, it's unlikely anyone would remember.
2: I bet he did, because he hates sun cream. He finds yeah. it really
0: annoying. <laughs> So you might, you should go for the armpit because, you know, you've got the hand-hand there. Yeah, we got
2: the best of both worlds. <laughs> you've,
0: you've got it sort of between the two of you. Shame I didn't ask him about the, pe- the date and the penis thing. <laughs> it's a shame. That is, a, that's the biggest shame Think of this decade in the, in the whole world that I didn't ask him that. If you had to choose between having a tit that dispensed talcum powder, I beg your pardon. T- <laughs> if you had to choose between having a, a nipple, a tit, a tit, a breast, like a that's breast, what you mean. Yeah. Okay. a yeah. breast that dispensed talcum powder, yeah. or a finger that could travel through time, which of, which of those two things would you choose? <laughs> you can have one or the other, but not both. The, the,
2: a finger that travels <laughs> just through your time.
0: finger can go anywhere you. You'd programme in, and a little portal... where You could go in any height. It doesn't have to be that height. It could be that height. Anywhere in time or space, it could be as well. And then your finger can go in well, and alter history or the future. You can look, peek in around it and see what's going on. So you might see, you know, William Shakespeare's face or something.
2: Wait, is there a person alive that would say, no, I'd have a tip of talcum <laughs> <laughs> I mean, back.
0: You... Maybe if you were... I think now... Because I'm about to have a baby, I might take the tit, the tip that would spend talcum powder. Yeah, you can get talcum
2: powder at Boots. I mean, obviously...
0: <laughs> Not that much, thick. so it would be an unlimited amount. And you could set up a talcum powder factory. I tell you
2: what, I, somebody's got to tell you this before your child is born. Yeah. The breasts will be required for another purpose.
0: <laughs> Not mine will though, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, my, it's my tit. <laughs> oh, I see. It's going to be pretty... Uh, he or she's going to be pretty hungry to... Uh, to have to feast on what I'm going to... I mean, I'll do my best to whip up some colostrum, but... Uh...
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, clearly the finger.
0: Yeah, what, where would you send your finger if you could send your finger anywhere in time? <laughs> and what would, you, what would you do with it?
2: Wait, does the finger come back with information it can give me?
0: Your finger's still attached to you, just your finger would be in another time stream, so you could affect things in that time stream very slightly. I mean, you could blow up, you could send a nuclear bomb off or something like that, so you could do, like, some quiet diabolical things or you could just poke someone. I don't Go. think I'd do that. Hey, have a think. Hitler, have a think about what you're doing. You could shout through the hole. Have a, just have a think. Whether this is, is it a good idea what you're doing? Well, maybe you should think a bit more about it.
2: I think that's more like the, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't send it into the future because I don't think I'd want to know about the future because no. then I'd, I'd, it's because it'd be better, wouldn't it? So I'd be sad about the things that we didn't have that they have in the future. So I wouldn't do that. Okay. But I would send it into the past on research trips. I'd like to know about Shakespeare. If you
0: send it into the future, then future people might better do something to your finger that would make it really a am- better. <laughs> you could just put it in the future, and then they could de- yeah, customize how it.
2: amazing a finger can be. And I don't want that quoted out of context. <laughs> it's, that, <laughs> it's,
0: it's like when in Back to the Future, where the car comes back and it now can fly. That, maybe your finger. Will, maybe they'll do it so your whole. They'll give you a power that your whole hand can travel through time.
2: Yeah, I, do, I feel like there's, that there's limited excitement to that. I think I would just send it into the past, and it could tell me stuff.
0: You know, I'm not a talking finger. It's just do your finger. You're insane. insane. Uh, when you are writing a newspaper columns at home, yes. is it difficult because your husband also writes newspaper columns? Do you have to ask him about whether, what he's writing about this week to make sure you don't write about the same thing? And if you have an argument, do you have to go, I'm writing about this?
2: We, that's not... I mean, we don't really have arguments, oh. but if we did, it wouldn't be about that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> we, we don't... And,
0: Me and my wife argue all the time about that kind of things that would be newspaper columns. Really? Yeah, all the time. It's mainly about feminism, I have to say, but it's uh, and we we agree with each other. We completely agree with each other, but we always argue about.
2: See, that's we we have real basic sick or married arguments. Our last big row was because he forgot to put the bins out. Right? (laughs) We really had a row. Like even as you know in your head, I can't believe I've become a person that has a row because their husband didn't put the bins out. Yeah. I was still furious.
0: (laughs) Is that his bailiwick? The the bins.
2: What well, he's supposed to put the bins out. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not bloody no, doing is, it. Okay. So I was very What normal.
0: areas of the house are your domain? And Because I do the bins, I love doing the bins. There's no if you'd married me back in the nineteen yeah. nineties, the bins would have been out every week. A bit a bit early, if anything. And did, I go round the house. I love the bins. I go around the house <laughs> emptying all the bins into the big bin to make sure all the bin liners are as full as possible so that no bin liners get wasted. I hate it when people, sometimes guests come and because the bin liner in the kitchen bin isn't is a bit too big for the, the, they'll sometimes put that out just like with a quarter full. But I will always go around the house and make sure there's as much, I'll leave I'll take it out of the bin and I'll put it in the corner of the kitchen until the bin is full and then I'll put it out but I will always put the bin out and I always do the dish. I love doing the dishwasher. That is a very man Ben Elton thing to do. Oh, I
2: mean, not in our house.
0: Who, who do, you do, the, do you do? the dishwasher? Yeah,
2: it's, 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 it's there's quite an old fashioned division actually. I okay. quite like the kitchen stuff. I right. quite like the well, the bin is the, the bin, dish- not in
0: the, in the kitchen. Is that? Yeah, while well, it's in how the kitchen, fine. Divide? When it has to go outside, that's how. <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> so you do you do the do You cook? I do cook. Okay, and does David never cook? I'm he being not... like Hello Magazine. I mean... <laughs> I mean, into... he
2: will. I mean, it's not cooking is not like massively his thing. No. For example, the other day, I, I mean, I was literally making scrambled eggs, and he stood there and watched. And afterwards, he went, "I almost feel like I could make them now."
0: <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs>
2: but he's not. Because I, I think you know, he. he, he I think I don't. I don't uh, some men might make it a priority to learn to cook, but I think David was. You know, he had a long time. He lived with a, a flatmate, and he, you know, he was single for a long time. And I think his priority was really beer. <laughs> you know, I think when the when the evening rolled round, it was how are we going to get beer? <laughs> and sometimes they'd have a take. I do, he yeah, wouldn't take sort course. of go, oh, I think I might knock up a couple of chicken Kiev's and a cabbage. <laughs> that wasn't. He, he wasn't. He didn't care enough about it. He didn't really do that. Um, and I'm not. I'm not so big on beer, and I think it's nice for us to have meals. So I make. He did make me a birthday cake once. Oh,
0: well, that's hard. That was lovely. Was it yeah, nice?
2: He, it was really. No, nice. it was lovely to be given it. He. he... <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it, it was
2: nice. He, he made it. He'd. He made it watching an online video of how you. <laughs> so he was sort of stirring it until it looked like like it did in the picture. I was ah. very
0: touched. It was very nice. Yeah. Yeah. it's like he's a four year old child <laughs> he's, just, he's, not, he's not a big cook you know No, oh, that's nice um, I do the bins I do the dishwasher I do like 30 I always do breakfast and this is the great, if you'd married me ladies because you all had a chance <laughs> uh, seriously Uh <laughs> I can't believe I got someone to marry me in the end. It's very, it's <laughs> absolutely fantastic. I make porridge every morning uh, with fruit and seeds do and nuts you? in it. Yeah, every morning. Wow. Uh, and uh, bring that to my wife in bed. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, and I usually make one of the other meals, but uh, I, I know. Yeah, David makes tea in the morning.
2: There, that, that's
0: one of his. Yeah, meals. I do the lot. The lot. But you get if you'd been married to me. you yeah. get yeah, Porridge. You get an Actimel, strawberry flavour. <laughs> Not just even regular, regular, strawberry flavour. But a proactive Uh, tea. Barocca. Tea or coffee of your choice. I can make you cappuccino, latte. Wow. This is all hypothetical now. Back in like if you bothered to talk to me a bit more, if you'd bothered to start the conversation (laughs) in a nice way, I could have said, well, this is what's on offer, Victoria. If you (laughs) want to come back. Tonight there'll be, no, I wouldn't that's have be because
2: you still had twenty Playboy years <laughs> ahead of you. You weren't running for the old tray of oatmeal right. back then. I
0: wouldn't have been able to make you a cappuccino then either. Uh, I probably wasn't even making porridge. I'm talking out of my ass. Uh, I'm talking. I'm coming here, big Billy, porridge bollocks, aren't I? With my yeah. There would definitely have been a bit of that in there as well. So um, they can't. Once you mix it in, they can't tell. Dapper laughs. I've turned into dapper laughs. Uh, it's, so you never have a problem dividing up the columns. Go, I want to write about sexism Not in really. Comedy.
2: I mean, it's true. We do occasionally have a sort of interesting conversation about something that's in the news, and then yeah. we'll go, or oh, somebody, you know, who's going to write about that? But it's usually quite
0: obvious. Yeah. It's usually sort of clear who wants easy to write isn't about it. That well, my well. wife's a comedian. We hope it's easy. Uh, so, don't know why I asked you. It's easy. Uh, <laughs> and only Connect. Yes. I've never been invited on Only Connect. I would have thought I would be the ex- an excellent uh, No, you probably would. I mean,
2: we only, in terms of our yeah. guest quizzes, our invitational star quizzes, yeah. you know, we only have like eight a
0: year, yeah. so... I would be really bad at it. I would can, you? I can't even get through the first round of Pointless. Come on. Uh, I don't... It's quite... It's hard, don't it? It's proper difficult. It is difficult. In fact, one yeah. of them was
2: on tonight. Yeah. I hope at least some of you have put that on the Sky Plus or whatever is the one. you're going to watch the. Yes it's it to go with Moss. it. Say that again. Said, yeah, Kate Moss. Kate Moss, Kate exactly Moss. so. Yeah, the, Kate Moss, M O W S, not that other Kate Moss. She wouldn't be very good at the quiz. No, it's a it's a very cool lineup. Patrick Marber's on. Team captains: Patrick Marber and Professor Steve Jones. Oh. That is.
0: That kind of makes it's like having Satan and God on, isn't it? That is that is very. I'd Do you f- don't like Patrick Marber? Yeah,
2: uh, What's wrong with Patrick Marber? I don't,
0: really, I don't think we've got. I don't think we've got the time.
2: Really, I love
0: Patrick Marber. Oh, you're He's lovely. the only person what? I've ever met who's ever said that. That's so. Uh, <laughs> really. I, I have an affection affectionate uh, pantomime uh, deep d- hatred of him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, I'm, I'm, we we worked together in the early nineties. It was a lifetime ago. I know. He was, no, he's an interesting, he's an interesting fellow. <laughs> he's lovely. How did he, Patrick how, how, did he, is lovely. how did he get on in the... Was he good at the... You'd have to connect? go home and
2: watch. Yeah, but you know who was on the other team? Your friend Kevin Eldon. Kevin, was he the actor
0: ability? Kevin Eldon, yeah. yeah the Kevin Eldon. He was on there. <laughs> See, that's... Was he, he was on Steve Jones's side. He was on
2: Steve Jones' side, yeah.
0: See, that is... And who's the other, who's the other one on that side? With that, Kate Moss. Well, wow, that's an amazing and team of
2: nice people. Patrick's team, he's got Robert Peston and Sophie Grigson.
0: Yeah, awful... <laughs> it's like it's like good versus evil, isn't it? I don't,
2: I don't think really so. Know, I don't, don't, like them all. Don't
0: really know who those people well. Uh I was it was just for comic effect. But it's it's uh <laughs> it's uh it's it's a tricky quiz, but people are... people are, it's, it's so it started on BBC four. Is it on BBC two now? It's just moved it? BBC two, yeah. It's uh sort of like University Challenge of the 21st century, even though well, University, Challenge, University is still there.
2: Challenge is a sort of a, you know, it's a nice gentle warm up exercise <laughs> for people that are then going to go on for the, for the real deal of Only Connect.
0: Yeah, no, I um,
2: do any, Does anyone ever get it on the first one? Occasionally. You know, rarely enough for it to be very special. But you're, you're not sometimes. allowed
0: to have a guess, are you, and then have another go. If you no. have a guess, that's it.
2: If you're going to commit yourself, you've got to do it. You've got to no. be gung ho about it. So we ha- a lot of the time we have teams that probably could get it after one, but you need the guts to follow through with that.
0: Yeah. It's a very, it's a very. What I've noticed, though, is every time you're on another quiz, which you are quite a lot, mm. like another show, they'll always put an Only Connect round into their quiz, won't they? Yeah,
2: because they know that Only Connect is the best quiz. <laughs> so they, just, they just want to co-opt it just for those few minutes. They want to live the dream. <laughs> OK.
0: Does anyone like Only Connect in here? Hooray. What a strange thing that that my nerdy audience would cross over with.
2: <laughs> you, need to, quit- you need to start putting in teams. We're going to be auditioning for a new series soon. We need new teams, new teams. So anyone that's any good at it, start getting your team together. Do
0: you have to be able to remember what each of the things are, what they're called, or the funny Python and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> funny Python, yeah, they are up there there on the squiggle. Board. Do you have to the three lines?
2: Yeah, okay, we're definitely not going to invite you next year, but maybe <laughs> it'll be can't the be bothered
0: with all that. Just Sorry. give us a question, Bamba. That's what I'll be saying. Next question. Don't know that one. Next question. That, I don't know what it's connected to. Have you ever seen a ghost? Not to my knowledge. <laughs> what, you're saying there are ghosts walking around that you might have just have thought were regular people? Well,
2: how do we know... What ghosts look go, like?
0: Ooh, ooh, ooh. If you mean a sort of
2: a kind of dangling bedsheet, <laughs> yeah. no. Okay. But ghosts may take the form of people. We think they're people. They could take the form of objects.
0: Andy McH was here at the beginning of the, and now he's this, he's sloped off. It's a, he was shut up. He was winning it. <laughs> Ruining it. People would have believed it. Um, have you ever seen a Bigfoot, the, like the Sasquatch kind of Bigfoot? No. I think I had a dream the other day that someone answered that and they had done and I was really excited. <laughs> <laughs> and then I realised it was just a dream. <laughs> <laughs> um, Where do you get your crazy ideas from? <laughs>
2: I, once, uh, I once saw um, Barry Cryer, who I do think is absolutely wonderful. He but is. He was. He was doing a show in Edinburgh and he told the joke, and then he sort of went,
0: Where did that come from? My head.
2: (laughs) Which I thought was an amazing thing to say in the middle
0: of a show. The correct answer. Oh, I tell you, I've got a new concept for a radio show. Okay. It's called Desert Island Dicks. It's not what you think it's going to be. I
2: bet it is. It isn't.
0: Which eight Richards would you take to be <laughs> with you on a desert island? You have Which to choose. eight Richards? Yeah, fa- it has to be your favourite Richards or Richards you've got a story <laughs> about that reminds you of something from your life. Do, I mean, do I... I, I g- I'm, I'm the luxury Richard. You get me. I was going to say, you're like,
2: you're like the Bible. Yeah. You're there. I'm always there. So I need eight
0: other Richards. You need to... It's really, can you name eight other Richards without having prepared. It's really what it's become. It's quite a difficult thing to do. If, you, if you're asking me whether I
2: can name eight well-known Richards, yeah. uh, yes, I can.
0: And they also have to be the ones you would take to a desert island, though. Well, that's a different... <laughs> but I won't ask you why, but you just have to be honest that they would be the eight you'd take. Okay. Let's see which ones you'd go for.
2: Well, i definitely take Richard Osman, because, yeah. you know, he's a friend of mine and I think he's great and he knows lots of interesting things. That's nice.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, Richard Bacon, because he is always in a good mood it's just amazing he's sort of always cheery yeah. and it'd be quite nice to have around but then when it got annoying yeah. that he was always cheery then you might want Richard Ayoade who is yeah. he's sort of never Probably that cheery choice. do you know what I mean he's yeah. always quite downbeat so that would be a nice balance
0: yeah these are good Richards you've chosen so far
2: Richard Madeley, I'm quite <laughs> fond of I think <laughs> he's no I do I think he's quite funny do, do they have to be alive I no mean no can I have like Richard Lionheart you can yeah Okay, I tell you, I tell you what, I tell you what, and I bet I get a hundred points for this because you will never have heard a better one. Definitely, yeah. Richard O'Sullivan out of Dick Turpin. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Or Robin's List. I mean, Nist. fabulous. Yeah. and in fact, you could have Richard Carpenter, who wrote the books of Dick Turpin, on which that was based,
0: and he also wrote Cat Weasel.
2: There you go.
0: <laughs> and that goes back to another one of these years ago, where some, we did, had a discussion about Richard Carpenter. Because there's also Richard Carpenter from The Carpenters. You could I have don't to... want that one. No, okay. <laughs> Richard Carpenter, because I wasn't sure, and my audience usually know about these kind of things, so I'm glad that you've brought I wasn't sure he was the person I was thinking about, but he looked quite like Richard Stilgoe as well, didn't he?
2: Richard Carpenter, yeah. the writer? Yeah. Yeah, he did. He came and talked at my primary <laughs> school. I had, <laughs> I had his autograph. Like, I wrote him a real fan letter yeah, it was good. afterwards, and I had it in, a, had it in an album, his autograph.
0: Have you still got it? I probably have somewhere. Yeah. Little, little regard for. Richard autograph. Spike Milligan once gave someone the, uh, someone said can I have your autograph and Spike Milligan said why do you want to have my autograph it's a weird thing and he said well I want to, you know, I want to have it and he said would you treasure it and keep it and he said uh, yeah I definitely will and he took his address and then years later went round to his house <laughs> and said where's my autograph and the guy didn't have it anymore really yeah. that's brilliant so we've got, just a recap for people uh, who may have, we've got uh, Richard Osman, Richard yeah. Bacon, yeah. not Richard Baker, the newsreader, Richard Bacon, the uh, channel five, the ex Radio Five uh, Blue Peter presenter, mm. uh, Richard Ayoadi, mm. Richard O'Sullivan.
2: Yeah, Even
0: Maidley was the fourth. Richard one, yeah. Maidley, well done. This is kind, of, kind of a good, this is the other element of the Desert Island Richards would be that someone else has to come in like Generation Game style and remember all eight of t- which the eight were. Uh, Richard O'Sullivan, if I said him. Yes, and then Richard Carpenter, they sort of go. Richard Carpenter, one more. Little. No, she said, am I allowed to have Richard? Uh, no, don't start suggesting, Richards. That not, that's not the spirit of Desert Island Dicks. No, it's I... Victoria Corrin Mitchell's Desert Island Dicks, not yours.
2: I and mean, then I think I would do Richard but am I not allowed to have, like, my friend Richard? You are, yeah. Like, yeah. you don't know him. He, like, has a web company,
0: but... As long as you know what his surname is, you
2: can have him. Like, I mean, yes, I do know what it is. What is it? Moros. Richard Moros. Yes, what? <laughs> What's wrong with that?
0: Stupid.
2: <laughs> so, so this is... So this is... Oh, that's, you know, so this is how this works. You say the name <laughs> of a friend of yours, an innocent man who chooses not to be in the public eye, yeah. and you attack... So I... The guest yeah. on Richard Herring's tabloid-style attack. Yeah. I come along and you pillory my friend who's never done anything to you.
0: Shouldn't be called Richard want. Ta-
2: <laughs> Let me tell you this. To yeah. make space in the boat, the luxury Richard is going overboard. <laughs> so that Richard Moross can really stretch out in the back.
0: It's good, because if I was on an island with Richard Moross, I'd be taking the piss out of him every day. If it was Desert Island Ants, you'd be on there, mate, and I'd be having a fucking... They're having a fucking right go. There will never be a Desert Island ants. (laughs) They will never have that. Though a lot of people would like to see that programme. It'd just be you on a Desert Island in your red glasses. (laughs) I apologise for everything I've said uh, so far. far. Uh, That's not just uh, today's podcast. That is all the podcasts. (laughs) I'd just like a blanket apology. Please don't... The thing is, I can't get sacked. From this, if your Dapper laughs, ITV Two can go fuck yeah. off. But if you're me have doing they done this, that? they have sacked him oh, today. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Well, that. they haven't sacked him. They have. Uh, but the, the people listening to this in 2015, he's probably on another channel. Uh, but uh, yeah, they've uh, they're not renewing his uh, show. Okay. Due to sexism, political correctness gone correct. <laughs> First, they came for Dapper laughs. <laughs> I said I thought he was shit so I didn't say anything. <laughs> then they said I was sexist. <laughs> no, yeah. um, do you have any unusual phobias? I don't
2: know if it's unusual? Okay. I, d- I don't like flying.
0: You don't like flying? No. Oh god.
2: B- Cuz because...
0: No, I've just I've just You've rem- remembered now, you. Yeah, I've remembered this yeah.
2: uh Yeah, I I developed a very small fear of flying just like a little I started to not like it was uneasy which I thought was going to be problematic because f- for poker you know you have to travel a lot so I thought well I'll nip that in the bud I can't start developing a fear of flying so I went to see a fear of flying counsellor and he then died in a plane crash <laughs> uh, so yes so I have pretty much I think lifelong fear of flying now it
0: didn't it didn't it,
2: therapeutically it didn't help
0: it's not like a wizard, though, is it? So like, I can cure you. I, I can cure plane crashes. It's just like I can cure.
2: No, but I mean, you know, part of part of the thing was, let's get it's a sense of perspective unlikely. here. These plane crashes are very unlikely. They don't really happen. You've got an exaggerated, etc., et etc. Cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and that message was not reinforced <laughs> by him also being the person in my life that introduced me to the possibility that people, you know,
0: can die in a plane crash. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but so that's, that's an unusual phobia. Fun. But it's
2: an unusual reason for having it.
0: It is. It's an awful thing. It's what's happening? So he, was he was a bad therapist. He's a dead man. No, he was Please a therapist. <laughs> have some respect. He was, he was a great therapist <laughs> and God bless
2: him, but that didn't particularly help me. I
0: wish I, wish I hadn't asked that question. <laughs> Just remembered halfway through. Yeah, it's cheery. Happening? Good story, though. Yeah. I mean, for you.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm, <laughs> it's, a, it's a terrible story. It was a good story for him as he was going, Oh, this is. He probably turned to the person next and going, this is actually slightly ironic. <laughs> you're going to enjoy... You're going to enjoy this irony.
2: Also, I have a lot of superstitions. Right. I'm practically Chinese in that respect. I'm superstitious about everything, which isn't quite the same as a phobia. Chinese <laughs> people are very superstitious. Okay. They have a lot of... They buy into the concept of lucky and unlucky. Okay. As do I. Okay. Even though I'm quite a rational person, I have a lot of superstitions. So it's not quite phobias, but I... I you know, there's a lot of things I don't want to see.
0: Okay. Your
2: pennies on the floor, okay. single magpies. I don't like to hear people talk about theoretical bad
0: things that might happen. But you never see more than one magpie. You're always it's always one magpie. That's what is, that's what is wrong with that. I do a routine about this, but it's the mag the magpie reward system is deeply flawed. <laughs> in that you always see one on it. So it's nearly always one, and one is for sorrow. How convenient. So the magpies just have... They never, how many times you see gold? You hardly ever get gold from a magpie. You do sometimes Sorry. see a few hardly of them. Ever. You sometimes do. Nearly always one on its own.
2: I mean, it could be just you it's, that nearly always sees one. Key. Well, it would
0: explain a lot. <laughs> you are very lucky as well. You say, oh, you believe in luck? What proof have you got? Oh, $2.4 million. Uh, so are you, quite, are you superstitious when you're playing poker? Do you...? Do you...
2: Yes. I mean, there's various... There's hands that I like and don't like. But it's slightly nebulous with poker because, as with all of it, luck is a factor, but what you do with the luck determines whether you win or not. So, you know, to a casual observer, it might not be clear why I'll play a 7-4 of clubs very strongly, but I might throw a 7-5 away. That doesn't really make sense because I'm superstitious about that hand. However, having chosen to play that hand... (laughs)
0: Uh, Now I know that piece of information.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but also it might be aces and you have to work out which. Yeah. It's 7-4. <laughs> but, you know, having, having, having chosen to play the hand, I'll then yeah. try and play it in a tricksy way or an aggressive way. or you know, you, that's, that's how poker differs from, you know, for example, chess. Yeah. You can make a really quirky move that might be wrong, but you can turn it to your advantage by playing it the right
0: way. Yeah. It's like ghosts, though, isn't it? Luck.
2: Like ghosts? It's
0: like ghosts. In In what sense? It does not exist.
2: Okay, whether ghosts exist or not (laughs) is a question for another time, but luck, definitely. I mean, what do you mean? Well, it's
0: just a random selection of stuff, you know, so some people will, uh, on average, be luckier in their lives than other people, but I don't think... I think positivity maybe can help people. Okay, what you're trying to say
2: is that affecting luck is not possible. Not that luck doesn't exist.
0: Well, yeah, people are... There are lucky people. Yes. Yeah. Patrick Marber, for one. Uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're pretty, you are, you've had a pretty lucky life, apart from your, the you phobia guy dying. You see, now do you know what I'm going to do you're... now?
2: I'm going to pinch my stomach.
0: Yeah,
2: because I you think feel you No, it's a superstition because you've asserted that I have a lucky life. Yeah, which I, I'm not comfortable with that being okay, said I see. because I feel like it's asking for trouble. Okay. There you go, that's one of my
0: superstitions. So that's what I'm going to do that when I'm next playing you at poker. Yeah. Then you'll be too busy pinching your stomach yeah. to play your 7-4 properly. 7-4 <laughs> <laughs> is not a good hand. Just that's some little poker expertise for you there. Superstition. Yes, that, see, that's
2: not how poker player thinks. You know, that's like telling Mozart, you know, C is not a good note. <laughs> it's about what you do with it.
0: It is. It is. How do I win a million pounds at poker? <laughs> well, Quickly. I'm, no, just tell me I'm one d- thing. Don't, don't. I don't st- want to know. I don't want to read all the books. Don't and start stuff. with that aim. Okay.
2: Don't start with that. I would never advise people how to do something like that. I will give people advice on how to not go skint at poker. Yeah. And once you've mastered that, then you're aiming to make small and regular profits. When you've made enough profit that you can buy into a £5,000 tournament, you're not just pissing money up the wall, but you're doing it as a sensible investment, you might then find you win a million pounds. But uh, I would never advise anybody to start in poker with that aim because the ones that start off trying to do that are the ones who go skint.
0: That certainly happened to me. But <laughs> the way I look at it, I bought a, uh, one of those £10 uh, scratch cards the other day. You can win £4 quid off those. How'd that go? So if I won that... That's better than all of your, all your hard work. <laughs> just by scratching off... Well, let's do is scratch off some numbers. Hmm. It's Four you. million pounds.
2: It's, it's now Monday. Yeah. If you went out and bought a lottery ticket now... Yeah. ..and you chose six numbers for this Saturday's draw, statistically, you are more likely to die before the lottery's drawn than you are to win it.
0: I am if you're involved. The kiss of death. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, scratch away at <laughs> your cards.
0: This was a scratch card, though. I didn't even have to wait for the draw, didn't no, I? My, my wife thought I was an idiot for buying it. <laughs> she thought it was a waste of £10. Um, I said, even if, you know, it's £10, even if I don't win the jackpot, you've got to win at least 5000 for a... It must be at least £5,000 for an investment of that much. I mean, most parts of scratch cards are £1 or £2, so with £10, you're definitely going to win definitely going to win at least 5,000 pounds. I wasn't being greedy. Yeah, I I don't know
2: if gambling's for you. I I got...
0: I didn't... um... I didn't uh, win anything. I lost 10 pounds. But I had a lot of fun. (laughs) Because I had a lot of fun because I didn't scratch it straight away. I kept it in my pocket and we were walking back from Notting Hill to Shepherd's Bush. It took about half an hour and all the time I was thinking, four million quid, in there? It was the best half an hour of my life. And you know it's like Schrödinger's cat, isn't it? That could be, it could be four million quid, or it could not be four million quid until it was scratched. We it didn't sounds, know. It is, it is very so much. So, in the cat, universe right? is infinite, then on one of the realities I'm in, I won four million pounds. So, yes, so the
2: universe is
0: your lifespan, however. Yeah, but isn't I don't care t- as long as one of the Richard Harrings got lucky. In one of the universes, Rich, the, you, you went to Richard Herring. You, what's it like being the unattractive one from Lee and Herring, and you went? Yeah, baby, you want to have a drink? Come on back to my place for some porridge. and um, I'm married to you in one of the universes, so, you know, that's I've got that going for me. Are, are you confident yeah. that
2: you have definitely grasped the principle of an infinite universe? I really am. And it, it, definitely the way it works is that there's lots of Richard <laughs> There's lots of everyone. Buying scratch cards.
0: Well, I I had a discussion with Marcus Chown about this on Rich Haring's Meaning of Life, which you can... uh, I think you might even be able to download that one for free, uh, the whole conversation. But I don't agree, because I think the scientific fact is that if the universe is infinite, everything possible has happened. And somewhere in the universe, everything is happening. I don't agree with that. Because I don't think impossible things can't happen. So, therefore... So, like, I gave the example. I said in none of the universes... Has now Amy Pond and 12 from House burst in through the back doors of here, run up here and ravished me and made love to me. That has not happened in any universe. Because there were some, you know, some things within the logic of human civilization. Yeah, would have, not you, happen. Have, you,
2: have you introduced a fictional character there, Richard? Well,
0: I mean one the one? actresses, but I was, right. but I, I, I actually am only interested in the fictional. I don't like either of the actresses, I do <laughs> like the character. I'm prepared to marry both of the characters okay. bigamously. Right especially if they're happy to be in that marriage. and <laughs> Not even with me, just with each other. Uh, but uh, I'm not interested... I actually a maniac, so I'm not interested in going out with... I'm also married to uh, my wife, but she does understand that if the character of Amy Pond and the character of Twelve from House want to have sex with me, then she's going. she will allow that, but not okay, the So, you, so you're, not the
2: your allowed exceptions are fictional?
0: Yeah, I'm allowed fictional... <laughs> I'm allowed, to, if I can have sex with the fictional characters. And I would take that being if the actors were prepared to stay fully in character. <laughs> I would say to them, this is the deal. I don't know if you're interested. <laughs> you will have to stay in character and react yeah. in the way you're character. I mean, I think a lot of actors would see that as a I challenge. I think they
2: think it was a was that more price to pay. For yeah. So yeah. it could happen.
0: But some things wouldn't happen. So I think that proves that not everything would happen. Like a Neanderthal man's not going to walk into this room in any of the realities. So that means some things aren't possible. Therefore, it means the universe isn't infinite, I think. I think I've proven yeah. that you through know, you see, uh, science. We, yeah, I mean, it's it, wh-
2: where you're getting slightly confused... In one of your versions, you've got fictional characters. In another one, you've got time travel. Yeah. The, it, everything being possible in a infinite universe doesn't mean that fiction and reality can combine and time travel becomes <laughs> possible. It's. Yeah, it I mean, I'm it? no Stephen Hawking. No,
0: you are not. Well,
1: you would know that.
2: <laughs> no, it's fine. There's a lot okay. of Richard Herrings. They're all scratching cards. One of them has won four million. Congratulations. Thank you.
0: <laughs> I feel very happy for him. I'm you no, know, I'm big. I'm a, I'm big enough to feel happy for that Richard Herring. Well done to him. If he's on telly as well, though, I'll be fucked off. Uh, so, um, <laughs> like on proper telly. Like you are. Uh, so, um, uh, we, look, we've talked for really ages. It's been really good. And I'd love to talk to you some yes, more. Yeah. Let's carry on talking. Uh, I could carry on asking you hypothetical, uh, stupid questions uh, all the time. Do you have... I'll end on... I'll end on, <laughs> I'll end on this, this stupid thing to do. Uh, do you have... Uh, a ter- have you ever come up with a terrorist atrocity that you think would uh, <laughs> that would work? Because I've thought of loads.
2: Um. Yes, but it's such a good idea that it would be irresponsible well, of me to say it. It would be irresponsible of
0: you not to say it. Because, no, I'm not saying it. Because well, you're worried that terrorists are listening to this podcast. But the CIA and you know the, whatever the English one is uh, of that might be listening as well. MI5 or whatever it is, Bodie and Doyle. Uh, they'd be listening as well and they'll go, oh, we'll look out for that.
2: God, what is it? Yeah, no, I haven't. I haven't ever thought
0: of a terrorist atrocity. Ah. And I definitely
2: haven't committed one.
0: <laughs> You're in the perfect position to do that because you now mix with all, all the politicians stuff. We well, you know you mix with you have just today you're on I a TV. I literally just show.
2: went on a TV program that George Osborne was also on. That's not the same as I mix with all the politicians. But You
0: could have taken him out there. You could have been like a sleeper cell, Victoria Corin Mitchell. Even even David Mitchell doesn't know. It's like Homeland. He's not. He's suspicious because of that time you spent a year in a prison in Afghanistan. <laughs> yeah. Then you came back again. If this the universe is infinite, that happened uh, to one of the Victoria uh, Garden rituals, uh, and uh, it gets to a point, doesn't it, where it suddenly gets a bit giddy and weird? Yeah, that is yeah, weird. We're at this. We're at this point. Let's
2: ask a nicer thing, not about okay. a terrorist atrocity, a nice thing about maybe a
0: kitten. Okay. If you were dying, <laughs> this is still nice. Which celebrity would you like to stroke your hair as you die? <laughs>
2: I mean, uh,
0: Sue Pollard. It's good. It's good. It's good when people, you know, because if you answer that question straight away, you come up with interesting answers that say more about the person... I chose Bounce of the Dog. From neighbours,
2: could not really stroke your hair, Exactly. So that,
0: that was still the first thing that popped into my it's mind. Interesting, yeah. Out of nowhere, without me thinking about it. and I soup think it's is because
2: super. When you say the word celebrity,
0: yeah, you think of super. <laughs> See, because you know
2: you you look at me because you think, oh yeah, she'll say David Mitchell, which I wouldn't for two reasons. One, I don't think of him as a celebrity. Two, mm-hmm. yes. I feel Just, guilty about the fact that I probably will die before him, and that's not fair because that's not meant to happen to men. And I warn him about that sometimes, and he gets sad. So, <laughs> if <laughs> If I could... Would
0: you like me to kill David Mitchell? <laughs> <laughs> and I will happily do it. I would be but... a bit too happy. I would be a bit... I really liked him. I would still be a bit too happy about murdering him.
2: <laughs> but the other thing is, when you say the word celebrity, I think Sue Pollard comes into my head because that is what I call a celebrity. Yeah. She gave it some, you know, the fabulous clothes, the zany glasses, the big personality... Not your kind of mumbling sort of cool person in normal clothes, like a big exciting when she came on the TV, you knew the TV was on. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: I think of her when you say celebrity. She's stroking your hair. Yeah. That'd be nice. Thank you very much for coming on the show. I hope you've enjoyed it. I very much enjoyed it. I bet you do
2: it nicely as well. I mean she's a kind person. I'm becoming slightly upset. I'm gonna have to try and contact
0: her in some way. (laughs) Would you like me to if I find out, if I hear your Dying, As a kind of Make-A-Wish Foundation, (laughs) with my four million pounds I've made on the lottery, yeah, I could give a million of it to Sue Pollard. Say, will you go and straight Victoria's hair as she dies? You have to. You have to stay there if she gets better again. You have to keep keep on stroking. (laughs) Do you think she might? She might cure you.
2: Well, I think if Super, let's assume yes, because otherwise it's kind of a downbeat ending
0: for this show, isn't it? So, Sue Pollard has just saved your life. Yeah. It's and, and then just to make everything perfect she murders david Mitchell <laughs> so that he doesn't die <laughs> after you. it's it's quite, it's like the end that's of, that's,
2: that's quite the fairy it's tale ending
0: like, it's, like, it's like the end of death on the nile where um don't the, spoil it people might not have seen it no they should have watched it the the, uh, <laughs> it's the there's a couple of them who have done it and they're pretending they don't like each other anymore but they do and then she shoots him cuz he's too simple to go to prison <laughs> Basically that, and he's too pretty to go to prison. Is that it? Simon McCorkendale? McCorken, McCorken is that who it is? Yeah. Yeah. That's not a name, is it? Simon <laughs> McCorkendale? McCorken, Pow!
2: <laughs> that was the, the only time David ever tried to have a bet against me. Right. He tried to bet me that it was Michael York. Right. And as I pocketed his 20 pounds, <laughs> I gave him the key life advice I will leave you with, never bet on facts. <laughs>
0: because you'd already seen the film.
2: If a person's going to take your bet on a fact they know better than you, okay. bet on potential outcomes,
0: not facts. I bet you David Mitchell won that bet. I bet you £20. <laughs> All right, I'll
2: accept that bet. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and we, we can settle right, up I'll, in the dressing room.
0: I'll give you a copy of Talking Cock uh, <laughs> instead, in lieu of it, if I've lost. Ladies and gentlemen, Victoria Corrin-Mitchell. Fantastic. <laughs> You have been listening to Richard Herring at the Square Theatre Podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Victoria Corin mitchell The music you are now listening to it comes from the band Pest. They're very nice. I hope so. Uh, it, thank you very much to Orange Mark at the British Comedy Guide, uh, to everyone at the Square Theatre, who I forgot to thank last week, and to Chris Evans, not that one, and his team from Go Faster Stripe. It's produced by Dave Cribb. It's a Sky Potato, Go Faster Stripe, and Fuzz production. That is another podcast all wrapped up and inside a can. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Do go and see me on tour. If you can, check out richetarian.com slash gigs. uh, And you can find out if I'm coming to a town near to you. Uh, Go to gofastestripe.com slash badges. Buy a monthly badge. You get all kinds of extras, including some backstage stuff that you can't see anywhere else. If the guys have remembered to press play and record on the camera this time, you never know. See you next time. Still, some more to come. It's going on forever this year, isn't it? See you later. Bye.
3: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices.